Folks, welcome into a brand new episode of Crossing Swords. I'm your host, Ty B, and tonight I'm joined by DJ Supreme as we get in to talk about these Buffalo Sabres. But first, we got to give a shout out to our one of our sponsors, Amherst Pizza and Ale House, the best spot to be to watch all the Sabres games, half-priced pitchers of Molson and Coors Light during all games until the Sabres win the Cup. So basically, for the rest of our lives, I think half-priced, uh, medium uh pizzas as well supreme how are you doing tonight i'm doing wonderful ty b i mean we've had a night i mean we you know bill's result uh from this weekend was not ideal and you know the sabers have not been performing the best over the last 10 but it's been nice to get a little breather from buffalo sports come back refresh refresh and revitalized um, you know, it's really the team, you know, I, I saw a recent news article that, uh, that there's been some scaling back over at PSC. A shocking move considering they should be rebranding the team to the Buffalo Eichels, uh, with the guy, you know, with our captain putting the team on his back. And it's scary to think about what this team would be like without Jack Eichel right now. Um, recently nominated to the NHL all-star game. Uh, to no surprise of any 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 common hockey fan, especially you know, a bottle, could he be waking up? He's you know, and you know, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist, and you know, with these next five games that we have coming up, I'm hoping that we can uh, turn the tides. How are you feeling about the saves right now? Yeah, it's. Um... A very weird time right now as a Sabres fan because you've been waiting for Jason Bottrell to do something. He finally makes a trade. Um, as you know, sort of small as it is, it's it's nice to see that he's awakened. You get two wins here in a row, and you're still alive. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I've just been asking for you know meaningful hockey coming in late into the seasons, and I guess you know we're still relevant. Uh, we're in that perpetual Buffalo Bills, like in the hunt, but like you really don't actually have a chance to make it. Like you need a ton, bunch of teams to lose and a bunch of other things to happen. It's going to be tough to make up these games on teams like Tampa and Toronto, uh, Montreal. <laughs> like this, it's going to be a tough task for the Buffalo Eichels. Like, I mean, I think Jack might have to put up 150 points for this team to get into the playoffs. <laughs> it's it's that it's that bad right now. I mean, hey, it's it's one of those things where you know I, I, with the with the rate that he's been putting up points and goals, I, you know, he's he's you know thinking about a Buffalo Saber pacing for fifty goals in a season. I mean, it's it's a crazy thought, uh, but really, I mean, right. <laughs> Not too bad, and with but, but we joke around about the Buffalo Eagles, and then you look at the lack of production on all the other lines. Mind you, you know guys like Skinner, he's banged up, but he struggled this season compared to what he was doing last year with Eichel. Um, Olsen, a top producer, now he's out for for you know what I was seeing was weeks, yeah, and like at least a month. just had to call. It, yeah, at least a month, and. You know, you have someone like Lawrence Pilot getting called up. You know, uh, to me, that's very positive. Uh, but then you have a guy like Jake McCabe 
um, who plays a physical game being sidelined as well. So a lot of good with the bad. It's been a real roller coaster this season so far. I mean, it started off hot, then we then we cooled off, and we got hot. Like, we you know we got hot again, and then we cooled off, and now they have this two game win streak. Um, you know, I guess a streak I would put in all lowercase, and I'd take it very lightly. Um, you know, because we have the Blues and the Canucks coming up in our next two uh, two stout teams. Uh, from the Western Conference, who are both playing really good hockey right now. Uh, so, you know, looking ahead, I'd be, what are you seeing in terms of, uh, you know, these next five, six games before the uh, NHL All-Star break? Yeah, so I think it, it was nice to see, at least in that last game out, where the Sabres were able to get that win over the Panthers. And you, I think especially, like, guys like Marcus Johansson really got into that game, Rasmus Asplund. Um, some of your role guys really seem to be fully involved into that game, fully engaged and having a lot of success there. And I think that that's what you're really going to need if you want to make a run here, if we're being completely honest. And you need some of these guys to step up into bigger positions, um, like the lines today at morning skates you had rasmus asplund up onto the top line and that's something he probably deserves for what he's been doing since he's been called up from rochester there's no shot you can send that guy down at this point um he's been playing absolute great hockey um i think what he's doing especially on the four check is helping his the rest of his teammates offensively they're regaining a lot of possession they're doing a, a lot of good things down on the boards um, I think they're getting a lot of good looks, too, close in um, in front of that net there. His penalty kill has been great as well. Um, so you look at that, you got Asplund, Eichel, and Reinhardt there on that first line. Um, and it, it looks like Froelich's going to slot in there on the second line with Johansson and Sherry to start. How how do you feel about that, Supreme, right away, putting Froelich on that second line? Uh, well, I mean, I, I would have liked to see him slot in on maybe a third-line role to start, but with the injuries we had mentioned, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he's going to be in on the second. I just think that, you know, he's a guy that I'm really hopeful that a change of scenery will bring about some more production in his game because the the whole whirlwind of the trade of how we got to Froelich, you know, with, with the skin, getting moved for a fourth-round pick, I remember I was with the Generate L when we found that out over at Washington Square. Big shout out to them. Um, but we were like, wait, this can't tell us for a fourth round pick. And then Jeremy White tweeting out, like, everybody, they, like, talking everybody off the ledge, like, settle down. There's, there should be more. And then, like, 10 minutes later, the fourth round pick turns into Michael Froelich. I mean, it's a journeyman in the NHL. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Buffalo will be, uh, you know, he can view it as a fresh start because uh, his numbers have not been impressive this year so far. No, his numbers haven't been that good this year, but his role has been significantly reduced. Uh, I think his time on ice is down close to th- four minutes uh, from last season. He's definitely not getting the same quality minutes. Um, if you look at it, his most frequent line mates, same sort of thing. He's not getting to play with the more dangerous players there for the flames and that's really kind of hurt him and you sort of heard why he was excited to come to buffalo is because he wanted 
the chance at an expanded role, and he thought Buffalo was one of the few teams he could really have that and that chance to step up, especially with Ralph Kruger, a guy who he's somewhat familiar with from the international game. Um, so that's also a good thing to see that he has a little bit of that camaraderie. He knows Marcus Johansson as well. Uh, you saw a lot of the pictures today, little videos from uh, practice where Johansson's teaching in between drills, in between reps, helping get on the same page as Froelich. So hopefully he'll be able to slot right in there because, yeah, like you said, he's got to step in and take a huge role because you have Jeff Skinner and Victor Olofsson both down, both top six forwards, and you've already been struggling to score. And, you know, part of why Jeff Skinner was struggling to score is somewhat uh, symptomatic of the Sabres not having that second center there and him, you know, trying to do a little bit too much. And I think that maybe Froelich is a completely is a different style player than Skinner, and you just got to hope that it complements Johansson's game at center a little bit more. Obviously, you still need to bring in someone else there um, to, to take that spot if you're going to really contend with these top teams in the Eastern Conference. But if, as it is right now, you just got to hope that, that that gels quickly. No, no doubt about it. And I mean, looking here at the line combinations, courtesy of Korska Hockey, the Froelich-Johansson-Sheary line, as they currently, you know, stand with the current level of production, is one of the worst-rated second lines in the league. With but take that with a grain of salt, because as you said, pro league not getting a lot of minutes, not playing with the top end guys over in Calgary. Um, Johansson, he's he's been banged up. Same with Sherry. Um, so I, I, who knows? Maybe we we will have to wait and see on this one truly to see you know what type of line they'll turn into. But you know, I I. I think with Kruger, he's got to keep Froelich on a very short leash, you know, despite the injury problems we've had. Because, you know, it, with six games before the All-Star break, to me, they're a mixed bag, and you have, you know, some good teams coming in. You have some bad teams, you know, on the road against a couple questionable teams. You know, it, it, we really need to take a step in the right direction, you know, because it could, it could snowball, in my mind, you know, one way or the other into either, you know, we play really well, we get into the all-star break, we start getting some of these injured guys back, and then we make that push. Or we spiral out of control, we come back from the break, everybody's demoralized like they were last year and in years past, and then, you know, <laughs> we're back talking about the top of the draft. So, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a crucial time here for us Sabres fans, in my opinion. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of wait and see for me right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely there with you. But another nice thing to see about the lines from today before we talk a little bit about this possible push for the team, um, you had Lawrence Pilot there skating with the first defense pair with Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, Ristolainen had his best numbers last season when he skated with Lawrence Pilot, albeit in a much limited amount of time as a compared to some of the other players, but that is a real good sign. I think that's a real good pairing there. Hopefully <clears throat> that with Risto's better play this season, that pairing really, you know, can get his game to another level. But looking forward to this possible playoff surge that the Sabres are going to have to make, uh, the funnel guy, Tristan, broke this down 
couple days ago and pointed out that the Sabres are basically on pace to get right around 85 points. The average to get into the playoffs over the last, you know, 7 to 10 years is right around 95. So the Sabres are going to need to find 10 points in there somehow. I just, right now, Supreme, I just don't think they can do it. No, and I'm with you. I mean, as a realistically, I do see them finishing in the mid 80s somewhere, um, which will, should put them out of contention with the way that these uh, that these teams, like as you mentioned, Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto, Montreal, they're going one direction, we're going the other, and you know you you like to think if if you're going to look at things optimistically, you know we, we have a we're coming off some rest going into the Blues game tomorrow night in St. Louis. Uh, but then we're back at home against the Canucks. And, you know, the, the team's going west to east. I know it's a, it, it seems to be a cliche in sports. I know they talk about it in football all the time. But I think there is something to be said about a, a 1 p.m. start on a Saturday in Buffalo with a team like Vancouver coming in. We played pretty tough, uh, you know, to a loss in their barn just about a month ago. Um but Detroit, after them, really, I mean, they've, they've struggled mightily this year. And then similar thing, the game after that, you have Vegas coming to our building. And it's a, you know, it's an evening game. But could could that home ice advantage that the Sabres have actually had this season play a factor? Um, but the, the trouble is then you go on the road, those next two, you have the Stars and the Predators – to round things out before the all-star break, the stars are playing out of control. They're, they're to me, they're sort of the Western conference version of Tampa Bay. I know they haven't ripped off eight straight the way that Tampa has to this point, but they are playing some excellent hockey and turned, they've turned themselves into the team that everyone projected them to be with the moves that they had made coming into the season. Um, and then Nashville, they're kind of in the same boat that we are, you know, that last game before the break, uh, on the road, tough building to play in. And, you know, the boys might be having, you know, they might be having a few pops. They might be having some fun down there on Broadway before that game. Who knows? You know, that could be a tricky one for us. Yeah, it's it, there's nothing that's going to be given to this team easy this year. It, because especially when you have teams like Toronto and nope. Tampa Bay sort of slip out of the gates, they <clears throat> their urgency – takes a huge step up if you know they got you know 10 points on the sabers and they're not worrying about games down the stretch it's a whole different story than if you know they're still playing for seeding trying to get out of a wild card spot or etc etc it really changes the complexion right. of everything for them as they're going to be trying to contend for one of those wild card spots because there's no chance you're going to get into the top three in that in our division it's just not happening that's way out of the question um, and I don't know. It's just, uh, like I said, Jack would have to probably put up 150, and I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, we need a little bit more consistency from the goaltending as well, too, lately. Um, I think, you know, we're riding Olmark a lot more now. But I, I don't know if it was, you know, fully – on Carter Hutton or if a lot of that blame could be put on the defense because it seems to be kind of symptomatic that they're giving up these easy in front looks where, you know, Olmark or Hutton are just, you know, kind of SOL and it's, it's tough to see. And you just, you really need to minimize 
those plays and the defense, you know, they're, they're trying, but it's, it's just not always, always up to par. No, I, I hear you. And I think, I think we could both agree uh, that switching, you know, over to Allmark and giving him the bulk of the, uh, of the starts was the smart move to make. I, I was, originally I was not too hot on it just because I thought that Hutton was, you know, I thought he had had some bad luck, quite honestly. He started off so hot, but these bad luck goals, I mean, <laughs> it turned into, you know, a, a quantity of these types of bad luck goals where they're, you know, turned into defense from defensive breakdowns to mm, maybe he could have had that one and maybe he should have had that other one too. So it's, it, you know, the defense, you know, you hate to put it on, on goaltending when a team struggles to, you know, keep the puck out of the net. Ultimately, I, I, I used to play defense myself. I know that, you know, you got to, you got to bail your goaltender out of these situations and your own play. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's sort of the Sabres right now, you know, offensively, defensively with the goaltending, we just were lacking talent. And, you know, I, 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 I would really like to see someone like Jason Botterill start waking up and start making several more moves you know, then, then just a flipping scan, scan for Froelich ultimately, you know, type B would. Yeah. I, I think you definitely got to make some bigger moves. I mean, just making a move for a guy who is essentially a third line guy, maybe, you know, can slot into the second if you need him. Um, it, it's not, it's only going to make a, a negligible impact on this team. Scandell has been, you know, by the numbers, the best defenseman on the on the Sabres so far this year. So giving him up for, you know, someone like Froelich, it's just, it's not, the net impact might not be great. It might be, you know, almost impossible to see. And we need something that's going to contribute to getting some more wins. So you're going to have to be able to score more goals. And Froelich's not the guy to do that. You're going to have to get a top six forward or two. Um, And I, Boxwell's going to have to start doing things now or else you're going to be just like last season. It's going to be too little too late and you make a move for Montour that's, you know, just doing something to do something at that point because you're really not still in the race. So the key is to find, you know, the right time to make those moves to keep yourself in it because you don't want to be out of it, you know, at the end of February looking at that trade deadline looming there. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And it, I know that things don't happen overnight in the NHL or in pro sports, but it's sad to see that we've gotten stuck in, in this purgatory. That was, you know, sports fans, and Bills fans especially, we, we know this all too well when it comes to being stuck within, you know, with, without a lot of talent in the lineup. You know, questionable decision making in the front office. You know, almost like quote unquote seven and nine. You know, land where you're never never good enough to take the next step, and not bad enough to be you know at the top of the draft perennially. Yeah, and, <laughs> and as you know, 
it's so who would have thought we'd be here with the Sabres? It's so oh. tough. It's just it, it like statistically, especially in in the league like the NHL, it doesn't even make sense where there's so much parity year to year and so much turnover in right. what teams make the playoffs. It's it's just getting to the point where you just gotta just either bash your head on the wall or just completely forget about it and pretend that it's not even happening. Like there's, there's not much you can do as a fan um, to change it either. And which is the, the hardest part of it all. Um, you can play armchair GM as much as you want, but that's not gonna, it's not going to fix things. <laughs> um, we need the people in charge to, to make some moves and to make some intelligent moves. Um, you know, you saw, uh, Larry David going on uh, the radio and sports talk radio in New York and just some absolute, you know, legendary quotes, um, you know, talking about the Rangers benching Cap- Capo Caco and then talking about GMs drafting quarterbacks in the NFL essentially that, you know, none of these guys know anything. And that's, that's so much of sports is it's all a guessing game and none of us really know anything. We just, try to put numbers to things to try to be smarter than, you know, the person sitting next to you. But realistically, none of us know anything. We're all guessing. <laughs> yeah, more or less. And I mean, that's the, that's the type of take that you would expect to hear out of a, out of a Larry David and God, I love him. Cannot wait, by the way, as a side note, unrelated to hockey or anything else for Kirby enthusiasm season tend to come up uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I would be glued to that just because I, <laughs> the, the the way that he approaches life is incredible. But I, I mean, there's cynically, when, if you're looking, if you're a cynical Sabres fan where we haven't made the playoffs in almost a decade now, and you know, you're, you're looking ahead at a, at a mixed bag in the schedule as to whether or not we're going to make that push. You know, it, it, you tend to, uh, you tend to agree with, with Larry when he says those types of things because it's you know we we know it probably better than anyone else that it seems like you know no matter how many gms we have no matter how many players we have you know we just can't seem to figure it out and you know we certainly don't want it to be that way forever and i you know i i guess the the bills um you know seeing how they've turned things around over the past couple of seasons, it does give me some hope for the Sabres. And at least we've got to watch some meaningful hockey in our lifetimes here in Buffalo, New York. Um, you know, it's been, it's been some time now, uh, two decades ago, really, <laughs> when you think about it. But no, I think, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, genuinely, um, I, I, I believe that we have the right coach. I think we have the right, Top end talent, but we don't have enough of it. Not even close um, to really be confident in our in our playoff discussion. Uh, and it's it's just it's it's crazy to think. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that the Sabers actually have the player leading the NHL in Corsi four. I bet you can't guess who it is. Mr. Uh, Mr. Jack Eichel? No, Dalton Smith. 
he had two court <laughs> they had two coursey fours while he was on the ice and not against in his one minute and twenty five seconds as a Buffalo Sabre this season. As a Buffalo Sabre. I should I just assume that Eichel's leading the league in everything and I will yeah. defend him till the ends of the earth. Uh, but that that also makes <laughs> the a first, lot of sense. The first, uh, the league leader that has more than ten games played is Tuvo Teravainen at like sixty percent. But yeah, <laughs> Don Don Smith for Hart. Yeah, I mean the numbers. Campaign. The numbers say it. His expected, uh, his goals for is <laughs> they actually scored when he's on the ice too. So he's a plus one. He's so, a plus one. He's a, yeah, he's a plus so he's player. got a. Right. They got a goal for while he's on the ice, not against. Like his his underlying numbers are unbelievable. I think they <laughs> they ought to call that guy up. Call him right back up. Play him yeah, another. Maybe back, Dalton. maybe, Dalton maybe give him a minute twenty eight this time. Yes, exactly. Come on, Bottero is a layup, man. The numbers are there. Yeah, we we as, finally as figured first it out. reported by Crossing Swords. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we, we solved it all. All the Sabres' <laughs> woes are solved with Dalton Smith. I don't know what they're doing. You know, beating up guys uh, who weren't even ready for it. Really, I feel like we'll be sitting here a few weeks from now living vicariously through Cats and the, uh, the New York Island. The more that I think about it with the Islanders, I know the Sabres back in the mid-2000s, I mean, we, we rolled Miller. And that was our guy. And they have they have two outstanding goaltenders on that team. But they 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 kind of have that feel of like a mid two thousand Sabers team because they have these guys who are coming from nowhere, like a, not necessarily a ragtag bunch of dudes, but you know it's, they, it's not your Eichels, it's not your you know it's not your Crosby's, Ovechkins, those those big A list guys. But they're getting it done, man. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that I am a uh, Islanders fan, but it'll be fun to see, you know, if they can make some noise in the playoffs and, and to live vicariously through him, um, you know, for some good hockey. Because I always try, I don't know about you, Ty B, but I always try to pick a team every playoffs, whether the Sabres are in it or not. Typically, I'm picking in the West Coast, you know, with the Blackhawks. I always one of them to win for Pat Kane's sake uh, for yeah. those, those I just uh, I don't know it's going it, to it, ultimately I feel like it's going to come down to that Sabres going to miss it and we're going to have to pick another team to try and root for in, in, in the, in the uh, postseason yep I, I don't I just I want to I want to believe so bad and I want to have some faith in the Sabres they just uh, year after year they just give us no reason to have any, and I'm not going to give it to him. I'm I'm done with that. I learned my lesson with the Bills over and over and over again. So uh, I'm I'm out on that. We'll yeah, like you said, we'll we'll figure out some other bandwagon to ride. Yeah, like if you know if Cats will have us, I'll hop on that Islanders bandwagon with him and uh, Robbie and all them. So I, hey, if they're winning games, who cares? It's they're playing you know some good meaningful hockey. And then they got a bunch of guys that, you know, love love the game and they love where they play. Um, think about Casey Sezikis and Matt Martin and all those guys. Um, and just long-term, you know, Islanders, Josh Bailey, all them. So 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get in. It's going to be fun, you know, the way that wild card is going to pan out, Supreme. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And it's, I mean, the wild card could shake up to be semi-interesting this year. I know that there's there's sort of the haves and the have-nots, whereas, you know, teams like Washington and Boston in the East, at least, and, and soon to be Tampa, if they keep, you know, winning, ripping off wins the way that they have been. I mean, they're, they're going to run away with the top of the respective divisions, but could get a, you know, could, could get interesting down the stretch, depending on, you know, what teams like, like the Sabres do, honestly. And, you know, right, right in the mix there, Montreal surging. Florida's only, you know, four points ahead of us right now. I know we got Philly, Columbus, Columbus having a, you know, bit of a resurgence. Um, as of late, seven, one, and two in their last ten. So okay, it could get interesting for those last two spots, and I, I certainly hope it is. Yeah, anything that makes the NHL more exciting, especially you know for the general fan. So you always kind of want to have those big playoff races, especially coming down to the nitty gritty at the end of that se- end of the season, heading into the playoffs. So you get some you know playoff hockey before the playoffs actually start. And that's when it's the best, when everything matters, every single play, every face-off, you know, every shot. And you just want the Sabres to be playing meaningful hockey like that again. And we'll just keep continuing to try to hold out hope for the Sabres. Supreme, give me some last thoughts before we get out of here. Last thoughts for me, I think that the – the future of the season and the fate of the season, I should say, rests in these next six games. And, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to make that push in my mind, we need nine points in the next six games. I know it's a tall order, but, you know, the, the boys have to take advantage of their time spent at home and they have to handle their business on the road uh, to get it done. I think that the all-star break typically serves as a, as a disservice to teams and positions like the Sabres, you know, fighting for that playoff spot. But ultimately, year in, year out in the National Hockey League, the teams that, that make the playoffs and go on runs keyed up from February on. And that's, I, you know, it, I just hope that we put ourselves in a position to contend at that point in the season where we, uh, you know, historically have been all but ruled out. Uh, you know, at that point. So that's my takeaway. Let's handle our business, get the boys some rest, and then let's, you know, let's gear things up for the last couple months of the season. Yep. You're going to have to win some games you're not favored in. You're going to have to maybe make some games ugly, but you're going to have to do those things if you want to get to the playoffs. The team needs to step up if they want to do that. But I got to give some thoughts and prayers to Justin Bieber, who just confirmed he has Lyme disease. Everyone watch out for the ticks. Make sure you don't got no ticks on you so you don't get Lyme disease. Um, you know, he's a big hockey guy. Saw some pictures of him with the uh, Toronto Arena's Tim Horton jersey, I believe, the other day. Kind yep. of fire, not going to lie. Um, yeah, but... He's a fire jersey. They're giving him the, the Vladimir Putin treatment out on the ice, though. Oh, I think they're, they're giving him the Gary Bettman treatment out there where they're letting him dangle his way through everybody trying to probably trying to slide into his, you know, 
into his side bay DMs. Oh yeah, that's, that's that. Yeah, you got to give him the video so that you're seen in the video playing hockey with him. So then some of the girls, yeah, slide into your DMs. You get some of the ricochet shots um, that fall out of Beebs. Uh, DM so like that works like if you gotta do it you gotta do it it's it's nice to see especially with some of those young guys up there in Toronto uh, Nylander and Marner and all them yeah something's telling me that that those guys up there are are not hurting in the ladies department let's put it that way Nylander (laughs) Matthews Marner I I, I think that those guys are uh, pretty well in set especially in a in a beautiful city like Toronto minus their awful hockey team (laughs) Yes, awful hockey team. Blow Leafs blow. I'm glad that I don't have to root for a team like that. Um, instead, I root for a team like the Buffalo Sabres, who continually destroy my hope and give me nothing, nothing to really hope for in life. But that's it for us tonight on Crossing Swords. I'm Ty B, and my co-host is DJ Supreme. Hey. Let's just, let's hope for some wins, baby. Let's go, Buffalo.